0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. Well, good morning, and welcome to part four of a series that we've entitled The Voice. I've entitled today Surround Sound. Come on, turn to your neighbor and and say, Surround Sound. Let's talk more about the Holy Spirit. If you have your Bibles or your smartphone, come on, turn to John chapter 16, verse 1. John chapter 16, verse 1. Whether you're turning in your Bible or scrolling on your phone, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Any phone that's got a Bible on it is a smartphone. I made that one up. That was good, huh? You didn't laugh. All right. Come on, put more in the offering. You'll get better jokes. All right. That always when you talk about offering people always go up like this, especially in church. In John chapter 16, let me just set this up for us. Jesus has spent 3 years with his disciples, his homies, his buds. Man, they had just spent time together and Jesus had died and uh, uh, no, he hadn't died at this point, but he's explaining to them that he is going to ascend to heaven. And I can only imagine what the disciples were thinking because, man, this was their guy. This was their hero. This was, this was God to them. This was Jesus, their Savior. And so these words are, are to us too because uh, he's already gone to heaven, but he is going to tell us why he's sending the Holy Spirit. Now, it's important for us to understand why did Jesus have to ascend to heaven and send us the Holy Spirit? Well, when Jesus was on the earth, I want you to hear this. Jesus was in flesh. He clothed himself with flesh. So he could only be in one place at one time. People ask me all the time, oh, wouldn't it be great to see those miracles? Well, yeah, if you were there. Jesus didn't have a Facebook and said, well, I'm going to be at this guy's house doing a life group. Why don't you check it out? So you could hear that Jesus was at a wedding and then make it try to make it over to where he was, and three days later he's somewhere else. So on the earth, he can only be at one place at one time. But when he sent his Holy Spirit, his by his Holy Spirit, he could be everywhere all the time, 24 7. He can be with you, he can be with me, he can be in Afghanistan, he can be in New York, he is everywhere all the time. And so it's important that we understand that because as we talk about hearing his voice and his words or life and his Holy Spirit, it's important for us to understand what he does. So Jesus is gonna describe this in John chapter 16, verse one. He's telling the disciples too because there were some that were really suffering persecution for Jesus' name. And it says this in verse one. These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble, They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God's service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. Verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me. And. And none of you asked me where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, everybody say that with me, say the helper. The helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Bow your heads just real quick and let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, speak to us now. By your spirit, Father God, may we have ears to hear in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. I called today Surround Sound because I thought it went with this whole series called The Voice. I don't know about you, but me, I'm getting pretty spoiled. I do not want to watch a movie unless it's in Surround Sound. I went to a person's house, they put on their TV, and they turned on their TV, and they did not have Surround Sound, and it sounded like an AM radio. And as I heard the sound, I realized how spoiled I'm getting because when they turned on their TV and I heard that, it actually sounded to me like a little kid putting his, fingers on the chalkboard and going like this. I'm like, where's the surround sound? Like I want to hear, I cannot hear unless it is in surround sound. Now I have a philosophy of my life when it comes to certain things. And especially when it comes to sound and movies, people ask me, do you have a a habit? I don't, uh, 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 not a habit. Do I have a, I have a lot of habits. Do you have a hobby? I said, I don't have time to have a hobby. But if I could pick one, it would be good to go to the movies. I love to go to the movies. And here's my philosophy. There are some movies that you see that you have to see in the theater. You can see them later at home. But why see them in the movie theater? Because of the cinematic sound, the surround sound, the impact, right? Like there are some movies. Now, my wife, when she wants to watch the chick flick, she's like, let's go see this. I'm like, we can see that at home, (laughs) right? There's no like, they're going to be talking the whole time, right? Maybe a little kiss, a little romance. I don't need surround sound for that. I have some of that at home. But when you go see a movie like Star Wars, right? Star Wars, the force awakens. Apparently the force has been dormant. And then it's going to awaken. A movie like Star Wars, you need to go to the movie theater. Why? Because of the, the sound of it. And it's, it's pretty amazing because in Star Wars, you hear the sound of the lightsabers, right? And sh- 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 I mean, you hear it, you know what's going on. Like, you're feeling it. And if you go to certain theaters, you sit down and the, and, and the, the seats shake, and it's like, yes, I'm here. And then you, you realize the whole point of Star Wars really has nothing to do with the Force Awakens. You, I sat there and I'm like, at the end of the movie, the whole movie is to find Luke Skywalker and his, right, RoboCop arm. I'm like, come on, that's it, right? At the end, they show that, that metallic arm. Like, this was the whole thing. Maybe they should have called it the Arm Awakens or something. I don't know. I just was like, okay. But then you go see Jurassic Park, right? You can't see Jurassic Park at home. It's just not the same. But when you go see Jurassic Park, right, and one of those dinosaurs just puts his foot on the ground, the theater shakes, right? And I don't get this about every Jurassic Park movie, but it seems like everybody who's in the Jurassic Park movie, they hear this sound and my seat is shaking and they hear the sound and they stop. I know that sound. And I don't understand why you're stopping. When I hear that sound, my first inclination is run, baby. Cause something's coming bigger, but they never do. They always stop and they look up. And I'm like, something's gonna bite your head off. You better start running. Why? Because of the shaking sound. And I don't have to see the dinosaur. I just have to know and feel the sound. I do not have to see the lightsabers. All I have to do is hear, I know what it is. I don't have to see Darth Vader. All I have to do is hear, right? I'm like, get an inhaler. He's coming. I don't have to see Darth Vader to know, here comes the darkness. I just hear his breath. But I believe when you hear the voice of the spirit, I call today surround sound because there is elements of the spirit that if you can recognize, it will help you recognize his voice. And I'm gonna look at these elements and basically these elements as we break them down are what the Holy Spirit does. Because if you can recognize what the Holy Spirit is here to do, why he's here to do it, it's gonna help you divine his voice. Does that make sense to everybody? And so there's going to be times today. I don't know if have you ever gone to the movies with somebody who has seen the movie and then when they sit next to you, I do not like to go to with movies to with people I do not like to go to the movies with people who've seen the movie and they're sitting next to me and they go like this, "Watch this." Hey, watch this. Like, leave me alone. I'm looking at the screen. I'm watching it. No, like, "Really watch this." Can't watching. I don't like doing that. I I just don't. But I'm going to be, I may be that annoying guy today that in the message, I may say, watch this, because I don't want you to miss it. And as we look at what the Holy Spirit does, we're going to look at everything that he encompasses and probably about three things, three truths. And here's the first thing that Jesus tells us about the Holy Spirit. Jesus says the Holy Spirit is your helper. He's your helper. One translation says this. One translation says he's your comforter. The Greek word for helper or comforter is the word parakletos. Would you say that? Say parakletos. It's like if you were to say put a pair of cleats on and then add some Mexican Spanish tacos at the end. So parakletos, that's how you say it. And so the parakletos, Jesus is saying in the Greek, means this. It means a person who's going to come alongside you. And aid you. It's a person who's going to come alongside you. Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. That it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the helper will not come to you. Now, I like to say the Holy Spirit. Some translations transfer, tra- translate it this way. The Holy Ghost. Okay. Now, I've never met one person who likes a ghost. Not even Casper the friendly ghost. So I like to say Holy Spirit because I think it helps define who he is. But if you understand in his spirit, the Holy Spirit, who is God, he's part of the Trinity. One of his functions in your life is that he is here to help you. You know, I spoke to a guy one time and he told me that he went through a divorce. It was a hard divorce. He loved this girl. And I appreciate his honesty. You know what he said? He said, to be honest with you, before I married her, in my heart, the Lord was speaking to me and telling me not to do it. Not to do it. And guess what? He went through it, and it was a horrible time in his life. Today, it may not mean a lot to you when I say the Holy Spirit is here to help you. But we need to understand when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he's speaking to you because he loves you and he wants to help you. And the Holy Spirit, God looks into the future. He knows your future. He knows your DNA. And in decisions of your life, he wants to help you. But see, if we don't understand this, we think God is this cosmic killjoy who, you know, he wants the worst for our life. Actually, God wants the best for your life. How can you say that, Pastor Phil? Because he gave you his best in Jesus Christ. And you want to know if God wants uh, you to have the best? Look at Jesus. Because he gave us Jesus. You know what's interesting is the Bible says that this Holy Spirit is supposed to help us, not only when he speaks to us, but listen to this. He helps us in our weaknesses. Romans chapter eight, verse 26. You don't have to turn there, but just listen to this. It says, likewise, the Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Likewise, the Holy Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For when we do know not what to pray, when we do not know what to pray for as we ought, the Spirit, everybody say that with me. The Spirit, the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts and knows, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So now we understand not only that the Holy Spirit is our helper, but he wants to help us in our weakness. You know, the word for weakness in the Greek means times when you need strength. Maybe God knew exactly that I would be preaching this morning on daylight savings time that you may need some strength. But I don't know if there's times in your life. Now, I have been tired, but there's times in my life where I have been exhausted. I don't know if you've ever been there. Like, to me, tired is as eh, tired as... But there comes a time in our lives where we can just be so exhausted and it becomes a weakness. And you need to know that the Holy Spirit is there. You know, another Greek word for the word um, weakness is this. Listen to this. An infirmity in your body. An infirmity in your body, such as sickness. Now, there's another word for helper. I think... These three definitions really cover everything. That the Holy Spirit is here to help you refrain from corrupt desires. So now listen to this. So God sends his Holy Spirit to help you. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 26. I want you to follow me because this week, this Sunday, and next Sunday go together. I don't want you to miss it. Paul is writing, and he specifically says this. He says in verse 28, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. The word intercession, maybe if you haven't been around church a lot, the word intercession means to make a petition on behalf of another. The word groanings means this, a sigh. It means a sigh, a groaning that cannot be uttered. So watch this. If you've ever been in church, maybe you've you've heard people talk about praying in tongues. Well, next week, I'm going to define a little bit more of that because the Bible calls that, listen, praying in the spirit. Okay? So people get frazzled, like praying in tongues. That's kind of weird. But hold on. There's a deeper meaning there. Your spirit actually wants to pray. Now, this is the genius of God. I just, I mean, I could have never thought of this. I don't think Apple could have ever thought of this. Come on, somebody. Verizon could have never thought of this, AT&T. Only the genius of God. And here's what Paul says. Whenever there's a time in your life that you do know not what to pray. Have you ever been there where things are just so going like south, you don't even know how to verbalize what needs to be prayed? Have you ever been there? Let me, let me show you your hand. I've been there. Or after you pray for your food and you thank God for the food and all the missionaries in the world, right? And God healed the land and that took 20 seconds. What do I pray? Paul says the Holy Spirit's now gonna come and be your helper. I've been in critical situations, life and death situations as a pastor and I know what to pray, but the Bible's telling me now that I can pray more, than just what I know in my head that my spirit can actually pray. Now, are you ready for this? Because this is absolutely the genius of God. Paul says this, when a person prays in the spirit, listen, when you do know not what to pray, the Holy Spirit, when we open up our heart, the Holy Spirit helps us with a supernatural language, okay? Now, I, I, when we talk about speaking in tongues, it's different, okay? I grew up speaking Spanish. My dad, every time I got in trouble, he spoke to me in Spanish. Right? All the time. I learned it. And when I first started talking Spanish, it was awkward. Now I got like the swag and all that. I know how to roll the R's. But when I first started, it was weird, right? And people were looking at me like, you white, dude. And you speak Spanish, oh okay, cool, you'd be my homie, right? (laughs) Like, hey man, I've learned and I've learned. But at first it was it's a totally different, it's just totally different language. But you need to know something when it comes to praying in the spirit. The spirit is not a natural language, it's a supernatural language. And just because it's awkward, listen, because you don't speak it all the time, you don't hear it all the time, doesn't mean that God didn't give it to you to help you. Last night I was at Kohl's, and I was just walking around, there's this big Samoan couple, and they're speaking in a Samoan dialect. And man, I'm just listening, like, man, this is cool, man. This kind of sounds like sexy and stuff, you know? Like, wow, man, this is awesome. And I'm just reminded, like, it sounded weird to me, but it was like, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of different. But what I'm saying to you that if you get just kind of razzled because something's different, you need to know we are supernatural people. And here is the genius of God. God says this, when he fills us with his Holy Spirit, your spirit now, when you do not know what to pray, listen. God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, will pray through your spirit the perfect prayer that needs to be prayed at that moment. But here's the reality. It's not going to sound like what you think it's going to sound like. I think we're funny as people. This has groanings that cannot be uttered. Now, all of us groan. Some of you groaned when you got out of bed this morning. Right? We laugh. No big deal. It doesn't bother me. And there are many people in California, I am learning, that love their dogs. They believe their dogs are humans. And I came to tell you in Jesus' name, they're not. They're dogs. People put them on their couch, feed them burritos, put their remote control, talk to their dog. I would love one day to have a camera when a person talks to their dog and the dog turns around and talks back and the person goes, Wah! But you know what, I've heard dogs moan. I've heard cats moan. We're not gonna talk about that today. The weirdest sounds. And you know what happens? We're okay with it because we know it's just Fido and we're happy. You know, but then when we start talking about supernatural language and the Bible talks about groanings that cannot be other, we're like, oh, that is so weird. But my church family, God gave us the Holy Spirit to help us so in our spirit When we do not know what to pray, the Holy Spirit will pray the perfect prayer for the perfect solution for that time. Come on, let's give him a good round of applause. He helps us. Now listen, don't don't freak out. I'm going to talk about this more next week. Because if you can get past this part, you will find that your life would have so much power in it. It is the difference between just being a mere Christian and being somebody who is baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's a language that comes with that. And I'm going to explain all of that. But I want you to understand today that the reason why he does this is because he wants to help you. That he knows that there's going to be times where you're not going to know what to pray. Your mind's going in all these directions. But guess what? Here comes your spirit man. And your spirit man's going to come through. And gods it's almost like all as I have to do is have faith and open up my mouth. And he will feel. Fill it from my spirit to pray the perfect prayer that is for you. Now, I want to tell you this because it's important. Bobby mentioned it today in worship, and I didn't plan this, and we didn't talk about this, but he said it, and so God really wants us to hear it. Not only does the Holy Spirit pray the perfect prayer, the Bible actually says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for you. So the Holy Spirit wants to pray the perfect prayer through you, and Jesus is at the right hand of the Father praying for you, making petition for you. Well, Pastor Phil, I thought Jesus was in my heart. Well, we say that. He is in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because everything that the Holy Spirit does points to Jesus. God points to the Son. The Holy Spirit points to the Son. Jesus points to the Father. The Father points back to the Son. The Holy Spirit, they all three in one are working together. So yes, Jesus is in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. But see, many people think that Jesus is in your ear talking to you and condemning you. No, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father praying for you. So this is what I love. So even when you're not praying, and we should pray, right, to have communion with God, Jesus is praying for you. Have you ever had good things happen to you and you don't know why? You're like, I didn't even pray about that. And boom, something happened. Because thank God Jesus is praying for you. Because he loves you. But then there's going to be times where you're going to have to open up your mouth and you're going to have to speak. You may, know not, you may not know what to speak. So you know what? The Holy Spirit is going to speak through you with groanings that cannot be uttered. I pray in tongues every day. I pray over my son in tongues every day. Because what? Guess what that is? That is my spirit praying. It's, it's my spirit, and I'm telling you, when your spirit starts to pray, and I don't want to get too much in the next week, though the Bible says you edify yourself. When the spirit in you starts to pray, it starts to edify your body, and it starts to move in your body. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And so you need to understand all of that that we talk about when we talk about the supernatural language, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to help you. It's to help you. Are you glad you came to church? So I entitled today surround sound because as you define God's voice, one element of that voice that you hear is always to help you always. And sometimes that's the way I define God's voice. Do you think that the devil's whispering in your ear? God loves you. (laughs) The devil's saying, I hate you. Look what you did. Look what you thought. Look at this. That He's the accuser of the brethren. And so when you hear the sound of God's voice, the element that you're going to hear is help. Here's the second one. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, convicts. Would you say that? Would you say convicts? Now, I believe that this is probably one of the most misunderstood scriptures in the Bible. I want to look at this. I hope that you would hear what I believe the spirit is saying to us today. John 16, let's jump down to verse eight. Are you glad you came to church today? Watch this. I think it's going to help you. And when he has come, who's that? The Holy Spirit. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, it is so important that when we read the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, you really look at the Bible. I wanna show you some things that may help you define God's convicting voice in your life. So let me ask us a question. In John chapter eight, we just read through verse 11. Here's the first question. Who is Jesus speaking to? Listen. When you read the word of God, there are things that Jesus said to non-believers and there are things that Jesus said to believers. And so what happens is sometimes we take what Jesus says to non-believers and we apply it to ourselves. You are a believer, right? You're a believer. But we, what we do is we take all of God's word, right? And we go, well, it all applies to us. Some of the stuff was written to different cultures, it was written to them, right? But, or not necessarily about us, to them, but, not necess- but we can learn. There's a lot of stuff that talks about cultures and different things that we no longer practice. It is all inspired by the word of God, by his Holy Spirit. But what I'm saying is, if we're not careful, we can misinterpret the word of God. So here's my question. Who is Jesus speaking to? I'm going to help you answer that question. Jesus, I said in the beginning, is speaking to his disciples. Now, how many of you would say the disciples are believers? Let me see your hand. How many, right, they left everything, they're believers. So, Jesus is talking to believers, verse 8. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. So, are you in the world? You're in the world. We're not in the movie Star Trek. We're in the world. How many of you are in the world? Make sure, just touch your neighbor. Make sure they're here. They're still here. We are in the world. Here's the second question. Now, are you of the world? No. Good. I understand. You're passionate. That's why you come to Passion Life, Jerry. And I love you. Even if you're going to say the wrong answer, you're going to say it passionately. No, I'm not in this world. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I love it. You're in the world but you're not of it. So the disciples listen as believers are in the world but they're not of it. So Jesus says this, listen. So the Holy Spirit when he comes, he's going to convict the world, the non-believers of sin. This is very important. Now this is very important. Did Jesus say, look, I put it on the screen Is there an S after that? Does it say, and he will convict the world of sins, plural? What does it say? Sin. So here's my question. Jesus is going to convict the world of sin. What is, because it's one, one sin. What is the sin that he is going to convict the world of? You said it. He's going to convict the world of unbelief. Unbelief. So people ask me all this time, well, Pastor Phil, are people gonna die? And what if they don't know about Jesus? Impossible, the Holy Spirit in every non-believer's life is saying, believe, 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 come on, believe, believe, believe. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing. Now listen. So in the world, I'm gonna read it to you again, right? It says, when he comes, he's gonna convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, listen, of sin, because they do not believe in me. So the Holy Spirit is convicting non believers that they should believe. Now, listen to this, verse 10. Here's where it changes of righteousness, right? There's a semicolon there. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you. Now, who is you? Who is he talking to? The, the disciples. Are they believers? Yes. So here's the question, what does the Holy Spirit do in a believer's life? Let me read it to you again, see if you get it. He says, verse 10, of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. So here's the Holy Spirit, he comes to help us and in the non-believer's life, he's convicting them of one sin, you don't believe, believe, believe. But in, listen, in the believer's life, he's convicting us, Of righteousness. If you don't understand this voice, this is where people listen. He came to convict the world of sin, not sins, but he came to convict us of righteousness. So there's a shift, Pastor Phil. Pastor Phil, okay, I I get it. This this very intellectual, love it. Okay, so I got another scripture for you because it's important. Ready? This is to bring it all together for you. Paul said Romans eight sixteen. Paul says this in Romans 8, 16, he says, the spirit himself bears, is there an S there? So that means it's plural. It's happening, happening. So the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So maybe this will make sense. You mess up. If you look through the Bible, Jesus said, I did not come into the world to condemn the world. Right? That's what he said. Paul said, Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So when you mess up, if Paul says that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, it the, is it the Holy Spirit going, you're condemned? No. You know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you? The Holy Spirit is saying to you, you're a child of God. You're a child of God. I know I messed up, but you're a child of God. I know, but I just feel like I, you're a child of God. His spirit is constantly bearing witness with your spirit. You're a child of God. If this helps you define his voice, maybe it'll help you. God is always telling you who you are. He's always telling you who you are. He's never telling you who you're not. He's always telling you who you are. And when you understand in those moments, think about the times you've messed up. What has it been that brought you back? It wasn't the devil's voice. It was something on the inside of you saying, you're better than this. You can do this. You can overcome this. You are a child of God. This is who you are. This behavior is not like you. And that on the inside propels you to go to the next level. It propels you to go to the next level. You know what's amazing to me? I see see it in God's character. Jesus gets baptized, remember? He comes up, right? The Holy Spirit, like a dove. The Holy Spirit is not a dove. It's like a dove. The heavens open up. You know what? And what does God say? Listen to these words. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus had not even done a miracle yet. But then I looked at the context. Guess where he was going? He was going into the desert, and he was going to be tempted by the devil. Listen listen to this, because I think this may help us even in our parenting. God says, you are my son. The enemy comes in and says this, if you are the son of God. But isn't it interesting that God tells him who he is before he gets into the temptation? See, I came up with this little slogan. Maybe it'll... Help us because this is why I get paid the big bucks. And so (laughs) affirmation is the key to overcoming temptation. Where do you get that? God says, you are my son my beloved son. As soon as he gets in the desert, you know what the enemy does? He questions Jesus' identity. But thank God, God told him who he is. Listen, my church family, I do this with my son all the time because there is a world that has a voice that's going to try to define him and tell him who he is. But it's my job as his father to say who he is. And in those moments, if I will affirm him, you know, the other day, it's so funny. And I'm just telling you how the Holy Spirit works in our life. He came home and he had a little thing and and uh, they were on the board and they were writing, and I said, hey, Gavin, how'd you have have a good day? And he's like, well, not really, Dad. He's like, you know, I I got in trouble today. What what happened? He said, I cheated. Like, I don't even know if anyone knows what that word is. Like, he's like, like, you're a cheater. (laughs) Pumpkin eater. (laughs) He said, yeah, Dad, we were doing a race, and and I just looked over to see what my friend was doing, and the teacher said, you cheated. And he said, Dad, I, I cheated. Now, let me just tell you how I've seen some of this stuff handled in parents. I didn't raise no cheater. Right? If you're going to cheat, cheat, cheat. I didn't deal with my son that way. You know what I said? I said, Gavin, you don't have to cheat. You're a smart boy. Gavin, you have the answers. See, what I'm doing is I'm telling him who he is so he's not defined by a mistake. Because some of us have allowed, and we feel like the Holy Spirit is trying to define us as a mistake. And it's totally contrary to what God says. God is trying to tell you and keep telling you that you are a child of God. You are a child of God. Pick yourself up. You are a child of God. So the Holy Spirit is convicting the world of unbelief. Now, if I were to ask you, who are the first group of people that God is going to throw into the lake of fire? As soon as I said Lake of Fire, people are like, what? Oh, now he's going to talk about hell. I made her pay attention because I don't want to go there. That's why I got up an hour early to come to church. I don't want to go to hell. Do you know who the first group of people that get thrown into the Lake of Fire is? Unbelievers. See, I thought it was drugs and pimps, but you know what? Listen to this. Revelations 21 verse 8. It says, but the cowardly, one translation says, the fearful, the unbelieving. And then if you read all through these things, I'm just gonna tell you what I think. All of those behaviors are a result of not believing. You know why people steal? Because they don't believe God will provide for them. You know why people covet another person's wife? Because they don't have the faith enough to believe that God can bring them the love of their life. It all comes back to unbelief. Now, if you're here and you you're a Christian, you've asked God Jesus into your life, then you're not an unbeliever. Somebody told me the other day, I think I committed an unpardonable sin. I blasphemous against the Holy Spirit. I said, Do you even know what that means? That means that you reject Jesus, that you're an unbeliever. If you have Jesus on the inside of you, listen, you are a believer and you are not blaspheming the Holy Spirit. So you're good, you're good. But you know, believing is so important to God. Well, I don't understand why a loving God's going to send people into the lake of fire. Well, listen, God wants everybody to believe, and believing is what saves you. You're saved by your faith, not by your works. And so, as you define the Holy Spirit's convictions in your life, as a believer, He's convicting you of righteousness. Let me say one more thing before we close. You know why people go back to their old ways? Because they stop believing. Can I just show you something in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5? And you don't have to turn there, but it says, For this reason, make every effort to add to your what? To your faith. Can I say it this way? Make every effort to add to your believing. You're believing, you're believing, believe, believe, believe. Jesus asked people when they came to him, he says, do you believe? Now watch, he says, for every effort... Make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Notice self-control, all of that is affected by your what? By your adding to your faith. If I can tell you today by the Spirit of God that you are a child of God and add to your faith, your behavior will change. Because your behavior is always a result of your believing. I can take a kid who has a behavioral problem and trace it back to something that they believe. And if I can change their believing, I can change their behavior. If you truly believe God is for you, it will change the way you live. But look what he says, man, this is good today. I think I'm going to become a pastor when I grow up. Verse 9, but whoever does not have them, if they don't have self-control, why? It has to do with their believing, because when you believe and have faith, self-control will come. Guess what? Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Woo-hoo-hoo! There, It's all coming together. It's not a work of the Spirit. It's a f- fruit of the spirit. So when the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, you are self-controlled. And the Bible talks about the works of the flesh. It doesn't say the work of self-control. It says the fruit of it. I've never walked by an avocado tree and heard the avocado tree going mm, groanings and that cannot be uttered. Mm, what are you doing? Trying to make avocados? Mm. An avocado tree produces avocados. It is the evidence of the root that is on the inside of you. Ladies and gentlemen, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And self-control is a fruit that comes from the Holy Spirit. Now look what he says. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted, look, and blind, forgetting that they have not been cleansed from their sins. You know why people go back to their sins? Because they truly don't believe that they were forgiven. And when you believe you are forgiven, and you understand that, and that is affirmed on the inside of you, it will change the way that you think. Number three, the Holy Spirit is our guide. He's our guide. You go back to John 12 John 16, verse 12, it says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will... not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine. Jesus is talking and he's talking about, listen, the Holy Spirit is going to take my sayings. Listen, he will glorify me. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. One translation says, listen, the Holy Spirit will actually bring back God's word to your remembrance. He's bringing back, have you ever tried to pray something and all of a sudden a scripture popped into your head. It's the Holy Spirit helping you, bringing God's word back to your remembrance. Man, he's so good. He's so good. And it says, he will glorify me and he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Your Holy Spirit on the inside of you is this internal GPS and let me say this today as we close. His primary guide, listen, his primary guide is to guide you to truth, to truth. When I was talking about the Holy Spirit convicting the world and convicting us as believers, some of you on the inside, your holy, the, the Spirit was going, mm, that's true, mm, that's true, mm, that's true. You know why? The Holy Spirit is leading you to truth. He always will lead you into truth. He will guide you. Listen, this isn't just a church thing. This is a weekly thing, a work thing. And as we close, let me just tell you this one story. I was a teacher's aide for many years in, uh, with different schools. And I worked with one school. It was a behavioral disorder school. And uh, a lot of the kids were there because, I mean, they would just walk up to people and punch people. And there can only be five or six kids in a class. And so it was good training for me as a youth pastor. And we went on a field trip. I don't know who the smart guy was who decided to take these guys on a field trip. So we went on a field trip and we went to the space station thing. It was really cool. And then we went into the gift shop. And uh, as we all came out, they sent out security and they talked to us and they said, some of your kids stole stuff from the gift shop. And you guys cannot leave until we find this stuff. And I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, you do not know these kids. So we had to clean out the van. So I knew that the Holy Spirit is my helper. I don't even know what to pray. I said, God, you got to show me where this stuff is at. Oh, we're going to be here all day. Kids ain't going to help us. And I began to pray in the Spirit and just walking around, right? I'm not yelling. I'm just all right, Lord, you're going to have to guide me to where this stuff is. I don't know where it's at. And you know, as I was walking, I just felt to look in this bush. And as I looked in this bush, it was like the sun. It was like a scene out of a movie. There was jewelry that was shining in this bush. And I looked down and there was all of the stuff that the kids had stolen. And I picked it all up. And we were able to go home that day. And I'm just telling you that in your daily life, God wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. Do you know, the other day I was just at home, I sat down, I was tired from working, and you know what, the Holy Spirit, listen, I'm just giving you a practical example, sitting on the couch, and the Holy Spirit says you left somebody, you, the church, left a sign out on Nighthawk Way, and I thought, God, it's Tuesday, all right, got in my truck, guess what, drove down Nighthawk Way, there was the Passion Life Church sign. There's times I've left my house to go on a trip to speak at a conference, and the Holy Spirit told me, you need to go back home, your door's open. And I turned around, and guess what? My door was wide open. I'm telling you, he loves you, and he wants to help you. This isn't all pie-in-the-sky stuff. He will lead you to... I was six years old, and I was down the street playing with somebody. An older kid came up to me and tried to molest me, and at the point when he came up to me, the Holy Spirit woke my dad up from a a dead sleep. He got up, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, you need to go down the street. Your son's in trouble. And he got up, came down, and he said, Phil, what's going on? I was six years old. Do you know if that would have happened? It would have changed the trajectory of my life. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. He woke up my dad out of a dead sleep, and he stopped what could have happened. telling you that the voice is so vital in your lives today come on let's give him a great round of applause because he's worthy thank you for listening today we hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message for more information on passion life church visit us online at passionlifechurch.com